Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Plates. And we definitely have them. Yep. You need uh, to trust us. 100%. I swear there's plates. Yep. I know we're behind this curtain, but we've got the plates. Absolutely. And when have we ever lied to you? Um, also, right. just wanted to reference, uh, to tell everybody about this. We are now selling spots in the cult podcast section of heaven. So if you want that, Venmo me directly at Mondo Torres. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see the plates, you can send me Bitcoin, which I will then send you an NFT of plates that I swear are real. I honestly believe in NFTs more than I believe in golden plates. And I'll be fucked if Web3 ever makes it into my like periphery of business choices. So, <laughs> um, hey, we've recorded a great episode. It's very fun and you're going to have a blast. But before we get into that, we've got uh, some housekeeping to get uh, through. First and foremost, if you um, want to help support us making the show, go to patreon.com slash cult podcast, baby. You can also uh, listen to the show on Rooster Teeth, uh, cock-a-doodle-doo, if you will. Caca, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and a big old yeah to you as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go to roosterteeth.com. Uh, and download the app if you want on your devices and uh, listen to the show. It's a great time. And also, hey, your boy's going to be in Europe. That's right, Europe. I'm in Paris. I'm in Amsterdam. I'm in Luxembourg, which I just found out is the name of the country and the city that I'm going to be in. Yep. Uh, so come out to all of those places, including Luxembourg, 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 which I assume is also the name of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, or province or whatever. Uh, and yeah, I've got tickets available at uh, com, And you can also check my social media for all that information. And just a quick, uh, we talk about it for a bit up top. Just going to let you know, we uh, haven't posted an episode in two weeks and we were traveling and did RTX. And so we do talk about that for a while. Um it's fun, I promise. I, it is very fun, and you're going to enjoy it. But I also just wanted to say up top, big thanks to everyone who came out. We love you. Hey, yeah, thank you. Hey, dog. We fucking love your ass, homie. So yeah. thanks for coming out. And without any further ado, let's hop into this show. Hello. 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 For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Absolute exhaustion, baby. So tired. <laughs> uh, you may have noticed that we haven't mm-hmm. uh, posted an episode in about two weeks. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason for that. It's because... Uh, Paige and I have been on airplanes seemingly every four days or so i have been on 12 flights in two weeks Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) baby oh that's (laughs) such a bad number of (laughs) it's too many it's almost one a day yeah that's oof that's not except it was like like five i guess six days of between two and three flights a day oh yeah it was bad i think it was like two weeks ago now i'm trying to do like day math in my head uh but like two weeks ago i i went to vidcon and we convinced the company uh instead of making us drive ourselves out there charlotte who is 
super into trains by the way just absolutely loves everything about trains was like no i want to take a train down and everyone was like but it takes like two hours instead of driving the one hour yeah you may be saying that (laughs) and that's why we all laughed and said charlotte that's ridiculous and she was like i'm not fucking around (laughs) i'm getting on a train so i i took a (laughs) dumbest part is i took an uber to union station to the train yeah (laughs) and then the train to anaheim and then an uber to the hotel anyway it was it i took two train rides and a bunch of flights and it's just like planes trains automobiles baby we're fully in effect Uh, and i ate so much john candy throughout the last few weeks Ooh, i yeah i i've eaten so many airport eggs uh like so many because i had so okay it started with i flew to vegas for my day job which by Um, the way is a professional card counter we hardly ever (laughs) talk about it yeah yeah shh i work for the mob Uh, (laughs) i flew to vegas where i was at a, a conference for like two days but got to stay in in paris the paris hotel which was very fancy uh then I had to get on a plane and fly from Vegas to Oakland where I had a layover. Then I had to fly from Oakland to Portland Mm -hmm. in time to make a wedding that night. So like I I went to conference in the morning, flew all day, then went to a wedding. Then after the wedding, I was in Portland for a day. And then I didn't really get to sleep because I had to be at the airport at 4 a.m., and so I then flew back. I was home for two days. Yep. And then I flew out to RTX, which took two and a half flights to two flights to get there because I flew to Vegas again okay. and then Vegas to Austin. Thank God. Because for a second you said two and a half flights and it's like, well, Paige, did you jump back, out of I the plane? On the way back, I basically had two and a half. So, okay. So uh, then I was in Austin for 27 hours exactly. Okay. Uh, then I got I did that same 4 a.m. airport run to get on a plane at 6 a.m., which flew like 30 minutes to El Paso. We didn't get off the plane. And then from El Paso to Phoenix, Phoenix home, where then I found out that Southwest never put my luggage on the plane in Austin. Oh, tight. So like that was me up until like Sunday of this past week. So I... Uh, have my nose has not stopped running from all the dry plane air yeah it's been bad it's i'm coughing stuff up i'm testing negative a lot but my nose is all fucked up hell yeah i don't know if i just never noticed this before or uh if it's like a new thing but if you notice when you get on airplanes now they like there's a bunch it's like the plane is vaping do you know what i'm talking about like you get on the plane and from the air vents, there's like mist. Do you, is this? I haven't had mist. I, I mean, there's been air, which they say that they're turning the air on because it actually helps circulate through HEPA filters and makes it safer. Mm-hmm. The thing that's been driving me nuts is the whole time I was traveling, it was like from 90 to 100 degrees everywhere I went. Ooh. So, like, every plane ride, I would put windows down to keep it cool. But some idiots don't get that fucking memo on a full ass flight and are keeping windows open. So the plane is just like a fucking oven in the sky. If yeah. I never fly again, it'll be too soon. Yeah. If I if I can say one thing here at Colt Podcast, we'd like to take an official stance, which is if you keep the 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 window open on a flight, you can go fuck yourself. You can stop listening to the show. We don't need you. We don't want you here. And I'm here to tell you, you can't see your house from here. Shut the fucking window. <laughs> Shut the window, and your kids don't need to go to Portland. That's not a fun vacation for them. <laughs> well, hold on. I've been to, I went to Portland a bunch as a kid, and it's probably... Actually, you know what? It's probably why I, I turned out the way that I did. So, yeah, actually, don't take your kids to Portland. Don't take your kids to Portland. P- Portland is for weird, like, 90s throwbacks 
and people like me who are like, should we get a tattoo today? I don't know. The world's our oyster. Let's go to Powell's book instead. Like, that's who Portland is for. Portland is for the drug addicts, baby. It's our city. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah. So, I'm fucking exhausted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're exhausted. I've done two conventions and two weekends, and I fucking hate it i mean like it was cool or whatever i went to vidcon i met mr beast i I didn't and i also don't know what a mr beast is um mr beast is a youtuber uh whose videos i've never watched before but i have used him as a punchline because he is just like the biggest youtuber apparently um at vidcon had something like i can't remember exactly what it was but it was like the mr beast human claw machine where like you are the claw in oh see i was hoping you were in the machine and a claw (laughs) picked you up yeah and i was like how what are the logistics on this so the way that it works is mr beast got 500 people who didn't get tickets to vidcon and they put them in the machine and if you can claw them out (laughs) then they get to go to vidcon Um, yeah, it was, it's fucking weird. I, I've never, I've never, never watched any of his stuff, but he's like a huge person apparently. And also like the other thing is you're just at a convention where all of the big posters and stuff that are like promoting huge people are like this person who has 25,000 followers on TikTok. And you're like, all right, well, I guess I got to start doing dances or something. Fuck. Balenciessies. I. Do you know what I did in between our cult podcast panel and the comedy show that night? Um. Did you get five pounds of torchies and barbecue just like downloaded into your stomach? Yes, I did. I had it delivered to the hotel room and I ate it in the dark because my TV didn't work. But I was like, I'm only here for 27 hours. I'm not going to call down to the desk for this. (laughs) Yeah, I I ate so much fucking barbecue. It was so good. Also, on the last day of RTX, which, by the way, RTX was a blast. The Colt Podcast Live panel was so much fun. We got into the room beforehand in the morning and looked at it, and we, Paige and I went, well... Get ready for five people to be in this giant auditorium. <laughs> in this giant room. And then it's yeah. fucking filled when yeah, we come was, out to showtime. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. fucking insane. Thank you so much for coming. It was it, 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 wild. It was a wild experience. I, I also liked that because we went across to the meet and greet suite after Mm -hmm. and the people running the meet and greet suite were like no one's been using this people actually came to yours (laughs) that was pretty fun too (laughs) yeah it's because we rock and we're and our fans are the best and yes uh, and i actually mean that last part not the part about us rocking but about everyone who listens being just absolutely just so fucking awesome um so great and and fucking awesome on it as far as calendar invites and shit because almost everyone in line that came to talk to us was like we have tickets to the comedy show tonight i don't know how you guys managed it because it was sold the fuck out immediately yeah but all y'all managed to get there so congratulations here's a little peek behind the curtain if you were able to get tickets to the rooster teeth comedy night uh extravaganza which again everyone who came to the podcast panel seemed to be able to get tickets (laughs) yeah magic it was so sold out that in inside of the company that i work for they were emailing and being like if you have not explicitly said you need a comp ticket we are taking it back if if you if you aren't gonna go you gotta let us know because people are begging to get into this they emailed me two days before and were like hey are you gonna use the comp ticket and i was like oh, no, you go ahead and take it. And she was like, oh, my God, thank you. And so, like, it was – and there were, I think, like, a row and some change reserved for performers to sit mm-hmm. at because the theater was kind of weird and there wasn't a green room. And even those seats eventually just became audience Got filled. seats. Yep. Got filled. <laughs> oh. So thank you so much to everyone who came out. It was so amazing. Um, thank you for braving the heat, for braving the yeah. humidity. Um, holy shit i it was a sauna of a weekend and it was also terrible because uh unlike Paige, i stayed at the fairmount 
um, which was a little bit farther away. And so I had to like get out of my hotel and then hop onto a scooter and then quickly scoot as fast as possible to the convention center where I would just, when I got there, be dripping in sweat because it was so fucking gross. You were also, at least the day I was there, wearing all black all day. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I always wear all black because I fucking, I'm a, I'm a hood G like that, first of all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The, what I was going to say earlier was on the last day of RTX, which rocked and was amazing, uh, a couple of, uh, of, of people, uh, Kai, BK, um, they invited me to go out. <laughs> they invited me to go out for lunch. And it was the hottest day of the weekend. It was like 102, felt like 120. It was fucking like 90% humidity. It was absolutely disgusting. And I go, well, they have lived in Austin, Texas for months now. So clearly they know the best thing that we should eat in a hot day. And guess where they wanted to go? fucking ramen i put hot liquid soup and noodles inside of my body in 90 whatever percent humidity uh and i ate it because it was good but i didn't like it because it was hot and who eats soup in the hot i do have to tell you that like a lot of the time sometimes i get bummed because i'm like oh i would love to work at rooster teeth and be with all the rooster teeth fans like that'd be super cool uh but then because i wasn't an employee i got booked in at the hilton which was yeah. like on the premises of the convention center and was very very nice and for a hot second i was like no i don't need to work here <laughs> like, <laughs> i'll just keep this fancy room and eat all this torchies tacos in my air-conditioned hotel room yeah i got maybe like four real good meals throughout that uh the, the time that i was there mostly because like i w- when we got there on thursday i got barbecue right across from my hotel at ironworks at a place that fucking rocks it was so good um and then we got gus's barbecue at some point uh and then i got that ramen <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm trying to think, I think that's it. Those are the, we had, we had those weird appetizers after the comedy show. Oh, some of them were great. Some of them were only okay. Oh, I didn't eat there. I just drank. (laughs) So Charlotte and I were at the other end of the table and we had brisket Rangoons. Oh, fuck off. That were like interesting because they had like pickles in them, but like it wasn't overpowering. I don't know. And then we had like this like Asian fusion popcorn chicken kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I was double fisting a uh, blood orange margarita that was frozen and then a banana daiquiri. And I <laughs> did not know there was food until it was gone. Yes. Um, I got so drunk. So dr- you were there. I had a guardian who at one. I pieced out. Yeah. You, you did not notice that I disappeared hours before that because i had to make that flight yeah i didn't i was drunk uh at one point my guardian (laughs) during rtx at one point my guardian got me a six pack of beer like left the premises and came back with a six pack he was a real g he was the best andres fucking rocks love that guy to death um yeah we're, we're we're done talking about the weekends it was very fun i was very drunk the collective four hangovers are still doing a number on my body <laughs> um i feel like dog shit but you know what it's uh time to recoup and get better and we just keep getting stronger cult podcast together strong yes Cult podcast together strong. Can I get a fuck yeah for cult podcast? Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! That okay, cool. Fucking, if by the way, what we're referencing is that my coworker Ryan Haley at during the comedy night just kept chanting into the audience, "Can I get a fuck yeah?" Um, and then they just yelled it back. And then when I got on stage moments later, I did it, and it felt great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my only regret is that I didn't do it because that guy, that man, got a standing ovation. <laughs> Yes, that was one of the, and uh, got we got to talk about it for like two seconds. Uh, he had a bunch of crazy one-liners. Oh yes, like abstract avant-garde one-liners that he just punctuated with "fuck yeah," and it was fucking working for me, man. I was digging it. And then he was like, "I've got a song," but then he spent easily two minutes yeah. of his set setting up the mic and everything for the song. And I turned to John Reisinger as it was happening. And I was like, John, 
you know what would be really funny is if he set all this up and then didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> just like walked off the stage. But no, he did play, but the song was definitely shorter than the time it took him to oh, set yeah. up. It was, and, But he just fucking crushed it. That, that was the funniest set I've seen in a long time. It was fucking phenomenal. The night before on Thursday, uh, Ryan and I were hanging out. He was coming with me to different comedy shows that I had uh, the night before. And mm-hmm. in the Uber, he was like, hey, man, can I read you some of my jokes? And I was like, yeah, of course, dude. I, I'd, I'd love to hear him. And he goes, okay. And then from his pocket, he pulls out a crumpled piece of paper. He did it in the green room, too. And I was like, is this part of the bit? And he was like, no, I'm just trying to keep track of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what? He had, it was it was like a cartoon trying to do his taxes. Like five different receipts, <laughs> a napkin, a piece of paper, just all crumpled together. Uh, and then he would go, uh, okay, so like, um, uh, like, you know how, like, you know how they have the, the jo- it's like, you might, you might be a redneck if, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, of course, yes, yes, everyone is similar. And he goes, okay, if you're, if your name is, um, Benjamin Arnold Redneck, you might be a red, you might be, be a redneck. A redneck, yes. And then I go, that's. That's honestly pretty funny. And he goes, good, because I got 12 of that. And he did 12 in a row where you're just like, okay, this is not funny anymore. Nope, it's back to funny because we've done a full dozen of them. If your name is Bernard Adrocious uh, uh, Redneck. They kept getting crazier and crazier, too. It was... It was... He was afraid that he wasn't going to do well. And he was also afraid that he was going to go under time. And I was like, there's no fucking way. (laughs) He ran the light by like four minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Just phenomenal. Just a great weekend. And again, thank you, everyone uh, who came out. And um, if you're here just to listen to Colt Podcast and you give a shit, we're going to start the episode now. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We just... (laughs) It's you know it's been a while. It was a fun weekend. We barely got to speak that weekend. Oh yeah, I saw Blaine. I think for thirty seconds total. Yeah, uh, during the weekend. Yeah, when so. he dropped by, I got to. Yeah, yes, I got to. <laughs> I Charlotte is like my best friend, right? Uh, one of one of my best friends at the company, and um, I barely got to see her at all that entire week. See, weekend. I hung with Charlotte a little bit. Like, Charlotte and I got to hang. But, yeah, that, that was about it yeah. as far as people I got to see and hang out with. I got to see Charlotte yeah. on Friday and then briefly for a panel on Sunday and uh, or Saturday. I can't remember. And yeah, that was it. That was, Time's a flat circle. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I went. Oh, that's what I was going to say, by the way, is I had three real meals. It was two barbecue and one um, soup. And... And then the rest of the meals that I had were in that weird fucking green room with the pizza that was like, when they brought it out, tasted like it had been sitting for two days. Um, and that's mostly what I ate. I subsisted on beer and stale pizza. And I'm I'm so, and tonight, you know what I'm going to eat? I'm going to eat a one pan meal from fucking Whole Foods or whatever that is. Oh, I thought, I thought by one pan, you meant like a Domino's pan pizza. <laughs> You're like, they use one pan to make it. Oh no, that was... That was last night. No, I'm having a one pan meal that has salmon and vegetables and it's going to be good. And it's so it's such a crazy stark difference from my meals last weekend where it was just like, yeah, five pieces of terrible pizza, uh, a cold, soggy sandwich and a seven pack of beer. That's right. A seven pack. You- That's true. Because you came in with a beer and then sent him to get a six. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into the episode because we got some wild shit to talk about Mormons. So let's get into our sources really quick. Uh, get them out of the way. So we have No Man Knows My History by Fawn Brody. We have Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bushman. We have Joseph Smith's own writings about his life, as well as a biography by the American National Biography Society on Joseph Smith. So it's been two weeks. Where did we leave off? Joseph Smith was a sickly child who read a bunch of books, became a treasure hunting con man to save the farm, met a wife, and then finds the best treasure of all, the golden plates. And that brings us up to today. Or did he find the golden plates? (gasps) What? No, but that story was so believable. I know. Regardless, whether he found them or not, he and Emma quickly move away from his old treasure hunting stomping grounds 
because a lot of people were still kind of mad at them about it uh, for legitimate reasons. But they still had one friend in the area who helped them move. And this was a man named Martin Harris. He was one of their neighbors and he basically bankrolls them in their move and helps them find a new place to live a couple towns over. I don't know that like I'm caught between like, wow, that sounds like a great friend, but also like how shitty were these neighbors that somebody's like, I will pay to get to, you to make you leave. Yeah. Well, he definitely falls into the great friend camp, okay. or at least that's what he was trying to be. Okay. Uh, because he believed in Joseph, mm. even though Joseph was pretty much a proven con man at this point, mm -hmm. he believed in the plates. He believed that Joseph had a gift for finding treasure at a minimum, if not a gift for the supernatural. So he gets them a place to live and Joseph and Emma start working. And by working, I mean, Joseph writes down a few characters, like a few glyphs, a few letters from the plates or maybe makes them up, you know, choose your own adventure. Mm -hmm. But he writes some shit down, and then he starts dictating what he can read on the plates to Emma from behind a curtain. So he closes the curtain, is air quotes, reading the plates, uh, telling her what's on them, and then she's writing it down. And again, at this point, no one has seen the plates except for Joseph. So we would call this Harold improv uh like it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I from behind a curtain he's like I'm gonna need a suggestion of a bible and a cryptid animal yes <laughs> uh and that's when God said yes and uh thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh Essentially, Emma starts transcribing all of his wild Bible fan fiction mm. because that's basically what it is. If like the if the Bible is Twilight, then the Book of Mormon is Fifty Shades. Yeah, um, and you know what? That's what's going. You down. know what's fucked up? This is still not the worst improv show I've ever heard of. Truth, truth. <laughs> now, a note on Emma, and I, I after reading a lot about her, I, I don't know about her, like. I don't know where she stands. I don't know if she believed Joseph or if she was just yes anding too hard because she sticks with him like through the multiple wives shit. Like she's in it to win it. Now, I, I, I've got a feeling that I already know the answer to that my tonight's going to be <laughs> a good night. Anyway, that tonight I'm going to read these plates right um, that tonight I'ma get a new wife, baby. <laughs> anyway. Mazel tov. Okay, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to my own question. Mm -hmm. But multiple wives only works one way, right? Like it's not a multiple yes. wives, multiple husbands thing. It's not polyamory. Ah, it's it's damn. just yeah, just one way. Fuck, they were so close to being Silver Lake, and instead they were Utah. And yes, I know that's why Utah is Utah. I get that's Mormonism, whatever. But, like, they were yeah, almost yeah, yeah. super cool. Right. Well, and we'll get into this further as the doctrine changes as it goes on. Um, but eventually there there comes a belief that by marrying multiple wives and producing a lot of children, you elevate yourself to having essentially your own planet and then when people are like well do wives get their own planet and they're like no but you better help your husband have a nice planet where do you want to live mm. <laughs> like it's basically you know mm. yeah i don't think that the only way that that works is like if you have a lot of kids i think you have to get a saturn because that's the official car of like i had too many kids way <laughs> too young too many kids oh man anyway so Joseph is dictating this whole thing. He is making it up as he goes along. Uh, and it's so much that Emma can't keep up with it. So Martin Harris, the guy who helped them get this house, comes to help with the dictation projects. And one of the first things he does is takes the piece of paper that Joseph had written these characters and glyphs on, and he decides that he's going to get it authenticated. Which brings us to a very weird portion of this story. What happens next is a little strange, and there's like four different sides to the story, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Uh, but Martin Harris takes the paper with the characters to a man named Charles 
It's spelled Anthon, but I think it's actually Anton is how it's pronounced. So Charles Anton, Anton. And he's kind of a weird guy himself. Uh, His father was a medical doctor that served in the Revolutionary War for the British. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Womp womp. Ugh. Afterward, during the Seven Years' War, uh, he married a French officer's daughter and settled in New York, where they then had their son, Charles. And Charles was super smart. He ends up going to law school and passing the bar, but never practices law. Instead, he becomes a professor of Greek and Latin, specifically linguistics and language. And he's credited with publishing and translating a number of books on Greek history, Greek writing, and philosophy, and he becomes the headmaster of a very prestigious grammar school. Because remember, not everyone could attend like an actual prestigious school at the time, so this is kind of a local honor. He's a well-known dude. Yeah, but I don't know if you've read any of his translations. He really dumbs it down. Like, here's one sentence that he translated. Uh, This basically compiles all of his knowledge of greek down to one sentence fuck a butt watch out for apples that's it that's that's what it say i mean truer words were never spoken yeah Uh, i also just realized i think i called sir isaac newton greek and i'm pretty sure that's wrong yeah yeah for sure that is wrong because isaac newton was living at this same time yeah yeah sir isaac newton is how i knew that was wrong of course like Mm -hmm. the reason i thought though is because i was thinking greg greg greek um well i don't know how my brain did that i was thinking greek and i was thinking figs and i was thinking fig newton and uh Uh, isaac newton yeah because he invented the the fig Fig newton before gravity right Yes, of course, definitely. Uh, now, did I send you? I was watching a murder documentary, and the head detective was named Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was drinking water. What? No. <laughs> okay, and I took a screenshot of it. I must have forgotten to send it to you, but it was like a missing girl, and it was like lead detective, like homicide detective Gordon Ramsay, and I was like, he knows where the fuck she is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he ate her. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Mm -hmm. my God. By the way, just as a small aside, the other day I was watching something where uh, they were interviewing a person and, you know, they're giving an interview. It's not at all a comedy, by the way. It's just a straightforward interview. And then I notice in the corner, uh, you know, they do their lower thirds with their name. And the way that they chose to stylize their name was Robert E. Lee. And I was like, oof, bud. No, I don't think you're going to take that one back, bud. No. Anyway, Charles Anton. uh, He's actually gone down in history for two things. Uh, Number one, disagreeing with Joseph Smith, as we'll get to in just a second. Uh, But number two, being Edgar Allan Poe's best friend. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So much so that Edgar Allan Poe at the time poor poet couldn't get anything published he name drops charles anton to get published essentially like with harper collins publishers and they're like that guy the greek guy like the guy who's the headmaster well i mean if he likes you and it's part of how edgar Allan poe gets published That's it's wild awesome. it is a crazy story yeah i was um, under the impression that edgar Allan poe had no friends so this, this- i mean it could also have just been that he was calling the Raven Charles Anton and yeah. I misunderstood, but I'm pretty True. sure they were friends <laughs> now. And they were largely pen pals. They would write letters back and forth to each other. It's, yeah. it's it was, I found it kind of fascinating that he factors into that. And then this, because this situation has historically become known as the Anton transcript. Now in the story, Martin Harris approached him with the paper with the glyphs on it from the plates that Joseph Smith has claimed are, quote, reformed Egyptian. The LDS version of the story goes that Anton verified the characters as reformed Egyptian, but then recanted as soon as Martin Harris mentioned that angels had given them these characters Mm. because Anton, according to them, was an atheist and biased against religion. Now, it's unclear if he was an atheist. He... 
does go on record a number of times as saying it's ridiculous to think that any of this came from angels, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he was not a religious dude. I think that could just mean that he's not buying into the con. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I could almost assume like you could bring me a fully translated, like very actually translated like paper with a bunch of French writing and I could look at it and I could go, yeah, this is French. I can tell you for a matter of fact that this is French and I'll hand you back the paper. And if you start walking away and you go, okay, good. Then that talking dog wasn't lying to me. <laughs> I'd be like, well, hold on. Whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I just said it's French. I didn't, mm, I can't verify that I it, can't verify it that it came from a talking dog. Yeah. yeah. That's basically exactly what happened. And so Martin Harris takes the paper and goes to a man named Samuel L. Mitchell, who then verifies it, says it's definitely Egyptian. And he goes on to try and publicly discredit Charles Anton, claiming that he didn't know enough about Egyptian to verify the document. Okay. However, Anton disagrees. Uh, his version is thus. He says that he saw the document and basically was like, I'm not really sure what this is. And the angels part makes me think you're being conned out of money. <laughs> and he then says that Harris didn't like that answer and went elsewhere. Uh, and because Samuel L. Mitchell is now trying to drag his name through the mud, he got very vocal and gave a number of interviews about this, which we have as documents. Um, here's what I think may have happened we're gonna enter i know it's been a long time the speculation zone yay yay so we know joseph was a big reader he read pretty much anything he could get his, he could get his hands on it's possible he, that he dug into some history shit maybe knew a handful of characters either hieroglyphics herodic or most likely greek mm. this is where my speculation zone comes in in later Egyptian periods, especially under the Ptolemy dynasties following Alexander the Great, uh, most things in Egypt were documented in Greek. In fact, our Speculation Zone episode on biblical canonization, we went over this. Uh, many apocryphal books come from the library in Alexandria, and they are typically written in Greek. And I think it's possible, even likely, that Harris brought this document with Greek letters to a Greek professor claiming that it was reformed Egyptian. And that professor basically replied with, well, I guess it depends on when in Egypt that could have been written there, but I can't verify without knowing more. And Martin, Martin Harris is a farmer. He didn't really go to school. He's not going to know any better, but a professor would know. And then upon hearing just how he got the transcript, he realized that he was probably being conned by someone who just happened to know some of the Greek alphabet. But now Samuel L. Mitchell's putting his business in the streets and Anton won't stand for it. So he does what literally everyone in the story should have done up to this point. He asks to see the damn place. <laughs> yeah, baby. So he's interviewed a number of times, but one of the interviews that he gave in 1841, which is about... 30 or so years after this is happening, or I guess 20 years after this is happening, uh, in 1841, his response in the interview, I think, really confirms our speculation zone. He says, um, as to whether or not he gave a written opinion on the document, he says, uh, Mr. Harris requested me to give him my opinion on the writing in the paper which he had shown to me. I did so without hesitation, partly for the man's sake and partly to let the individual, quote, behind the curtain, see that his trick was discovered. The import of what I wrote was, as far as I can now recollect, simply this, that the marks on the paper appeared to be merely an imitation of various alphabetical characters and had, in my opinion, no meaning at all connected to them. So I think Joseph Smith just knew some letters from the Greek alphabet, and that's what he went with. Yeah, he just wrote down every frat he could remember. Yeah, just like Omega Pi, Pi Phi, Kappa Kappa. Yeah, like Ooh, just... I could go for a slice of Omega Pi right now, though. Ooh. Um, and, of course, Joseph never showed him the plates. Shocker. No. Like, of course not. So, in our story... It's still 1828. That interview won't happen for another decade and some change. 
And Martin Harris is spending a lot of time with the Smiths documenting Joseph's Bible fan fiction. But there's one person who isn't all that happy about it and also didn't really believe Samuel L. Mitchell's air quotes verification about it. And that person, as you may have guessed, is Harris's wife. Smart, so smart, smart, smart. Smart. Yes. Uh, Martin Harris's wife had been trying to get her husband to come back home for months. Why? She was pretty sure the Smiths were con artists. She didn't believe Joseph. And she, too, demanded that somebody see the damn plates. Uh, She was not feeling it. And Martin Harris became convinced that if he could just read her the manuscript, she would understand. And Joseph reluctantly agrees. Mainly because I think he thinks that he'll convert her and then Martin will come back and they'll be able to finish what they're doing. So Martin takes the 116 pages they've written so far, by hand, by the way, back to his family. Or he would have if he hadn't lost them on the trip. Okay. All right. Did he actually Uh, lose them? Yes, he did. And since it's old timey times, there's no second copy. Mm. So that is 116 pages of their manuscript down the drain. Well, Paige, I I feel like if you had translated it from plates, then you could just translate it again and it would be exactly the same as the first time, right? You would be right if someone was actually translating something, yeah. Um, Which we'll get to in just a sec. Hmm. Because Joseph isn't immediately eager to do this shit all over again. He's pretty mad about it. He tells Martin Harris that uh, the angel revoked his ability to translate totally. Uh, So he and his wife start attending a local Methodist church until, and this is a very weird weird entry. It comes from uh, Richard Bushman's book, but apparently someone else who went to the church they believed was a quote practicing necromancer and so they left the church now i don't have really many more details uh i suspect that it was just a groovy lady that they called a witch yep. um and that was probably what was going on uh but this is their excuse for leaving the church but really Joseph was just over being part of the rank and file of a new church. He wanted to be on top. He loved being on top. Oh, yeah. Of multiple women, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that comes in a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Joseph always comes in a little bit. A little bit. Uh, So he decides he's going to start back on the plates. So he claims that the angel had returned the plates to him and given him the ability to translate again. But he needed a new transcriptionist. So he met a man named Oliver Cowdery, and he appointed him the new scribe so he could begin translating again. There's only one problem. He couldn't remember what he translated the first time. Oh, right, right, right. But that's, I mean, that's not an issue because you have the plates. You're just translating them. So you're just like reading it. Yeah. And he's trying to like remember all the stuff. And as he's doing it, like Harris and Emma are there to be like, Oh wait, wasn't that the the part with the the bear and the trees? And he's like, oh yeah, right, the bear and the trees. How could I forget that? And he would just kind of yada 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 and say that either his vision was clearer this time and he was mistaken the previous time, or that the angels had changed things. Easy peasy. That explains it all. Now, okay. yeah, all right. I don't know mm-hmm. that that's how that works, but okay, all right, all right. Uh, they finish what would become the Book of Mormon, uh, is what this initial book is. Ooh, uh, did it have all those musical numbers in it already? It did not. Uh, that would have been okay. nice, though. I would have preferred that. Yeah, so that was just an addition from the from Matt and Trey. Right, exactly, okay. exactly. All right, cool. And cool, cool. To, if you ask me, it was smart, 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 smart. <laughs> um, as a treat... Joseph allegedly allows Harris Cowdery and a man named David Whitmer to see the plates. Uh, They're known as the three witnesses and they sign a document saying that they've seen the plates. You can't argue with it because it's, he said, they said. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a legally binding document. I feel like, I don't know. How fucking hard is it to get like counterfeit plates? Yeah. Like I know you said they're solid gold, but like just 
get like gold plating or something. I don't know. Like get at this brass point, plates. Like yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, now he also then goes on to share it with his family, his wife's family, uh, or whoever was willing to within those families. Uh, and the Whitmer family, so David Whitmer's family, and they're known as the eight witnesses, and they also sent a document saying that they've seen the plates. But again, no one has seen them before now. They have no way to actually verify that they say anything that he says that they say. And people could also just lie. Like, I mean, like, what? there's... Yeah. No. Yeah. They, why, would, yeah they you know, why would anyone lie, Paige? I mean... We're going to get into it because as soon as the plates were shown to these witnesses, Joseph claims that the angel Moroni came and took the plates home. Oh, and that's see, why no one else can see them. No, but that makes sense because because of God. Right. <laughs> God needed the plates because he was having a lot of people over for dinner. Yeah. So <laughs> I know <laughs> that's very funny. I I know that we we did this a lot last time, or I did this a lot last time. But I I I don't I can't wrap my head around like how how did any of this work? How did any of this work at all ever? I just I, were people fucking stupid. I don't get it. I mean, they clearly weren't because we had at least two people in this where like. You, you have Anton being like, yo, not only do I not think this is Egyptian or whatever you think it is, but I'm pretty sure you're being conned out of your money. And this is why I'm going to tell you the truth. And then Harris's wife also is like, I'm pretty sure they're con men. Like, what's up? So not everyone is falling for it, but a frightening amount of people are and a frightening amount of people are just kind of taking him at his word and not questioning any of it not like can i see the plates well you're not holy enough to see the plates oh they must be really special instead of being like that sounds like bullshit (laughs) yeah 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 i guess yeah i one of the things that we've learned here is like never never underestimate how many people will decide to follow somebody because they say that they have something good i guess i just i don't know i feel like this is i feel like in all of the things that we've ever covered i've never felt like what the fuck is wrong with you so strongly because it's 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 so it's dumb it's like a cartoon it's so stupid the one thing i will Mm. say and i know i kind of brought this up in in previous weeks but it bears repeating a lot of these people are farm people who didn't go to school you know, a lot of them are are women and children who, you know, in some cases, women didn't get to be educated, you know. So it's like there is an education gap there, 100%. There's also an experience gap, you know. You and I live in a world where we encounter so many people and so many things to be skeptical about that it is a natural reaction. A lot of these people didn't. It's not like they're walking up to their cow on their farm and being like, I don't know, Bessie. Who are you really? Like, that's not a thing that's happening to them. Who would be lying to them about something so big? And so I think that plays into it. And also, they're in the middle of the revival circuit. So it is already common for kind of more bombastic religious beliefs at this time in this place. Yeah, these all make sense and they're fine. But I I don't know. If you say you have something and I can't see it, I don't believe it exists. I know. I know. Well, and I mean, think about it this way. In a way, this place and this time was perfect for this cult. Mm -hmm. Just like the 60s was the right time and the right place for Charles Manson and, you know, the Yellow Deli people and any number of other people who come about in that time. Just like our time and our place is ripe for Teal Swan. Like, there are any number of reasons and factors that are going to contribute to this being the thing that draws people at this time. I just, I don't know. I get what you're saying. I just don't understand how people could be so stupid. And that being said, I would... 
have some stuff here. Can I interest you in Avon, by the way? Because I, I will. I mean, it depends. Is it skin so soft lotion? Because if I get sunburned later, I could use some of that, or maybe some mosquito bite stuff. <laughs> I don't know if your mom had Avon skincare as a child, but mine did, and that shit worked. No, my grandmother did because she sold Avon products, and she also sold Herbal Life, and she also sold a third one, and now she's Jehovah's Witness. Oh, so. geez. <laughs> well, we'll talk about Jehovah's Witnesses in the next episode a little bit because there's a common belief between the two groups that I kind of want to talk about a little bit. But there is also there's like an Herbalife Nutrition Shake Cafe near the Sonic that I go to at night when I drive alone to clear my thoughts. Uh, You know, I know I've I've been in that exact situation and I also like how great is it? Th- there was a Sonic in uh, Vista, California that was mm-hmm. where my mom used to live. And uh, it was like across the street from like a gym. And I would get Sonic and then just watch healthy people go about their lives and eat like tater tots in my car and just be like, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that you could get drive through mozzarella sticks here? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My food came here on roller skates. All right. That's way more active than any food you're going to get today. All right, buddy. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be active, you got to start with your food being active yes. so that it's active going in and then super active coming out. You know? Oh, what I'm yeah. Saying? Oh, yeah. All my food is so active. You could say that it's almost radioactive the way that it comes out of me. I mean, you might think that I'm just here at Sonic in a chubbing phase, but really I'm going through a cleanse. Yeah, exactly. I'm Right now, I'm eating the food. Later, Chernobyl out my asshole. Okay? It's go. good. It, it's scorched earth, okay, inside of me. Yep. Now, back to these people who claim they saw the plates. Yes. I don't know what the fuck they saw. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they saw anything, to be honest. I don't know if they were just pressured into signing things. I don't know if... Joseph had fake plates made because remember he had been treasure hunting for a long time. He did have some money. Um, so he could have had them made. They could have lied. Uh, maybe there were fucking plates from the sky. I don't fucking know. I doubt it because you know, it seems like no one outside of his immediate circle ever sees them. Um, but they're the only people on record to have allegedly seen them outside of Joseph Smith. And that is notable because among this group of people are the people that he will be kind of fighting with to keep control of the church over the next couple like episodes. Um, but they all band together in 1830 to publish the manuscript and they publish it as the book of Mormon. Um, and it gets pretty regionally popular uh, and he gets kind of a local following. And they did the only thing that made sense at the time. They formed a church. Mm. But what they didn't bank on is that people might not be too happy to see Joseph Smith in their area again. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Is that the motherfucker who took my money and didn't find me any gold? Yep. I'm going to beat that man's at. Wait, he has plates? <laughs> well, that changes everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, appetizer, salad, or dinner? <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have this readily available, but why did they choose the name Mormon? Why? Where does that come from? <laughs> if you type in why are Mormons, it's why are Mormons rich? And then why are Mormons called Mormons? <laughs> <laughs> And, and honestly, as we go through, I will explain part of why Mormons are rich. But Yeah, it's because they're fucking treasure hunters, a whole lot of them. It's treasure hunting, wow, treasure hunting for my love. It's because Mormons found the lost city of Atlantis and they're currently uh, uh, scrapping it for parts. And that's why they're in Utah. No one ever talks about how Atlantis traveled to Utah. It's in one of the lakes. I think they have lakes out there. I'm not really sure about Utah. So, okay. Um, There's a couple answers. Um, Supposedly, it's a land uh, where Alma established the church among the people uh, within the Book of Mormon. I could be wrong. Um, Hold on. Uh, 
allegedly part of the reason they ch- changed to the name Latter-day Saints is to kind of like throw off suspicion about who they are, but also to avoid the association with polygamy later on under Brigham Young. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. That's yeah, the why term I- derives from the Book of Mormon. Uh, believe the book was translated in American Asia. Okay. Uh, oh, it's named after a warrior and his son Moroni, the last of the Nephite people. And he gets his name from the land that they also defended. So it's named after mm. a guy. It's like his story. Mormon is his like main character. Now, He's like the Jesus of this book. Is that is that land that they were that they were fighting for? Was it a gay club in West Hollywood? Because I'm pretty sure I've been to Mormon before. Mormon. Yeah. Uh, Mormon. It's right next to Motherload. Um, <laughs> and I'll say the Mormons. They almost got me uh, because I too am something of a Latter Day Saint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm jumping <laughs> off that shit, baby. <laughs> I do. <laughs> For those of you who did come to the panel, I do want you to know that there were conversations beforehand of could we get a ladder to do oh, the yeah. inaugural ladder jump? Yeah, have it was pretty. It was pretty great because I had to talk to uh, AJ, who is uh, no one would know this by the way, but AJ is like the representative like one of the highest people on the chain of command for the roost which is uh the podcast network that we are attached to so like the way that cult podcast is attached to rooster teeth this is like the highest guy and he was there at our show and we walked up to him and we're like hey man so can we get a ladder and he goes i know and I go, yeah, yeah. Like, it would be super funny if we could get a ladder. And he goes, ah, yeah, that would be, that'd be really funny. And we went, yeah, we're not kidding. Can you get yeah. us a fucking ladder or not, AJ? Okay. And we're going to send this guy out to get a six pack and some monsters. <laughs> yeah. And at a certain point he was like, I don't, are you, is this real? Is this a bit? Is this, what are you, what are we we're doing We're like, right it's now? both real and a bit. Yeah, Please get buddy, us a ladder. Get us a fucking ladder. And then we were told that, uh, no, they could not get us a ladder. And that you should not be jumping off of it for insurance purposes. Well, yeah, but that's stupid. I'm also not supposed to drink a whole six pack in one sitting for insurance reasons, but it did that anyway. Anyway, this brings this episode to a close. How yes. do you feel? Do you think they saw the plates? I don't know what to think. I mean, part of me thinks that like... Here's what I okay. Here's what I'm saying. I run a a show about cults with you, Paige. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard about it. Cult podcast. No, tell me more. It's it's called Cult by Parcast, and it's very good. <laughs> Do you know that I hadn't heard anyone say Cult by Parcast in such a long time that I Googled yesterday to see if it was still around, and apparently they wrote a book. Anyway, oh, awesome! I was like, damn, we should write a book. I don't have time yeah, for that shit. But it should be a cookbook, and it should have nothing oh. to do with cult. We do have the recipe for that barbecue sauce. Oh, absolutely. Which is uh, the best barbecue sauce for eating people, courtesy Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm, the uh, mm -hmm. Church of Euthanasia. Yes. Um, Uh, I think we need some fried gator in there, like Brad Lowe's fried gator nuggets. I think we do a cult-based cookbook, but have none of it make any sense. Like, we should do, like, the Jim Jones fried chicken. And you're like, what? uh, Pardon? And you're like, yeah. Kool-Aid in the batter. And like, here's a recipe inspired by Marshall Applewhite. And you're like, oh, clearly it's some kind of like apple pie. It's bacon. It's just bacon. (laughs) It's not bacon in something. It's just the, here's how to make bacon. And it's not even right. It's like, instead of a spatula, use a metal fork. It helps if you don't wear a shirt the entire time you're cooking it. Hear hear me out. Mm -hmm. It starts as a normal cookbook Uh with, with recipes that make sense. Uh, and then it devolves into us trying to indoctrinate you into our group Ooh, via yeah. food. Fourth, the fourth recipe is just says immortality, and yes. then the rest of the book is trying to get you hooked into our cult. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. So By taking I, the sacrament of fourth meal. <laughs> I. I'm familiar with cults, and something that we talk about a lot is, like, people who join cults are not stupid, all right? They're just, like, it's the perfect situation for, for where they're at. So, I, I I am exaggerating because it is so insane, but I also understand that, like, you know, as we've explained, it's not, it, it's the perfect situation for something like this to come about. The thing that is making me so mad 
is that if you if your entire belief hinges upon a physical item that exists within right. our realm of being show me the item and if right. you are the con man claiming to have the item make the fucking item what are you doing dog it doesn't make any sense you could have, at five different points throughout the story if he had made the fake gold plates he could have just been like boom bitch and then no one would have had shit to say it would have been yeah. over yeah so i just like don't i don't understand how he didn't make them um I would have said that he would have made them and showed the fake plates to these people. But the fact that the angels took them away at some point points me to the fact that he probably just had them sign the paper. And the whole thing is like, well, no, I didn't see them, but it's for the but greater good. But I trust good. him. Yeah. 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 He described them and it felt like I saw them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He described the... the the reformed Egyptian and there was there was a bird and uh, and a pharaoh and then Bart Simpson and <laughs> yeah exactly like, it's fucking that's that's what I'm saying is stupid like fucking show me the money show me the actual product or conversely make the thing I just it 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 it, it boggles the mind is my only it does oh but you know what. I had fun. This was a fun episode, and I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad we're looking into more men. Um, mm -hmm. Always love looking into more men. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will continue to say it like that uh, until I am asked to stop. But um, you know what? Thank you for joining us, everybody. We had a blast. Uh, hey, if you're looking for your boy, uh, I'm in Europe. That's right. I'm over in the Euro side of things, doing it big. I'm in France right now. I mean, not when I'm recording this, but when you're... Actually, not even when you're listening to this, if you listen to it when it comes out. But right. if you're listening to this on Wednesday, July 13th, after... 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time <laughs> that I am in France. Uh, and I will be doing shows. And you can go to www.mondodoesstuff.com for all tickets and show dates. That's M-A-N-D-O does stuff, all one word. And hey, you can find my social media uh, through the same thing, at Mondo Does Stuff. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, baby, all of that good shit. Go see a show in Europe if you're there. Uh, come to I'm taping a thing on July 26th. It's gonna be fun. It's in Paris. Let's fall in love tonight, baby. Let's do it. Let's I'm I haven't seen Midnight in Paris, but it's got Owen Wilson, so I'm pretty sure it's good. Um, <laughs> and I'm basing that purely off of Drillbit Taylor and Cars, the first one only. Right. So uh, and the Royal Tenenbaums, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, come out. That's gonna be fun. I love you so much. I'll see you there. Goodbye. Forever. I got taken and Paige has to come save me. Oh, damn it. I, uh, hi, uh, je voudrais un croissant, uh, jamon et fromage, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> um, anyway, it's your girl, Paige. I'm here every week. I am entering a hibernation phase in which I will not be any on any planes or anything for a few weeks, and I will just be making crafts in my home, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, but any shows that do come up, you can find them on Instagram at Rampage Wesley or on TikTok at Rampage Wesley if you want to watch the same shit I watch, uh, or on Twitter at Paige Wesley as well. So, yeah, I'm enjoying my restful phase. Thank you. Hell yeah, baby. Um, hey, if you want to follow the show, you can on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also, oh, somebody made a, 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 a TikTok for us uh, that they tagged me in recently. Um, oh, wait, that wasn't you? That, I thought you made that TikTok. I also thought that you made that TikTok. And then nope. a, a part of my brain was like, dude, uh, did Andrea make this TikTok? No. No. Uh, no. It was, uh, it's a fan made and it says it in the bio. It's a fan made TikTok account. So whichever one of you fucking freaks 
did that. Uh, thank you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, and yeah, good, luck, good fucking luck. I don't want to run a TikTok anymore, and I have one. So uh, go follow the fan TikTok. Also, uh, we have got a Facebook page. We've got a Discord. Um, hop into both of those. It's a lot of fun. It's 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 a blast. Somebody messaged us the other day about whether or not sh- they should eat uh flappers burbank food and i was you like should. honestly yeah it's pretty good so yeah that's it's the best comedy club food in town that's what i said <laughs> in all of yeah. burbank california there you go um so yeah go join those things you can also send us an email to coldpodcastshow at gmail.com and if you want to send us your own gold plates so that we can verify that they contain Egyptian letters. Yes. You could send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like The Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I will accept a paper plate spray-painted gold with scratch hieroglyphics in it. Absolutely. Puffy paint? Get after it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yes. And I think for this one, I'm going to say... Don't drink anything Joseph Smith hands you yeah. unless he serves it to you on a gold plate. <laughs> and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Hey, I uh, I got you this glass of water. Oh, cool. Can I have it? Well, no, only I can see the yeah, water. I, I'm the only one who can see it. It's behind this curtain. But I'll tell you what the water says. It says... You know what? I like the cut of your jib. I'm willing to sign a piece of paper that says I have been refreshed. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>